Jeremy Pena has set the stage here for Jordan Alvarez, one of the most feared hitters in the game. Representing the winning run for the Astros. And Alvarez belts it deep to right field. Gives it goodbye. Unbelievable. The Astros a walk-off win. Jordan Alvarez a walk-off three-run homer. And the Astros stun the Mariners in game one of the division series. Incredible. Entertainment capital of the world. Center cut curveball, but it was nasty. It's the TC Martin Show. Verlander deals a 3-2. And a cold strike three. TC Martin. And now the Astros with a runner at first for Alex Bregman. And Bregman sends one deep into left center field. This is way back. And it is gone. Alex Bregman gets the Astros off the deck. It's time to get your daily prescription from the strikeout number nine the doctor is now in glad to have you with us it is a monday back from h-town back from games one and two in houston and now we shift over to philadelphia for games three four and maybe a game number five in philadelphia the world series all right we'll talk about the journey the escapade the fun times in uh, houston games one and two uh, great stuff there. And now, after a travel day from yesterday, we get to it for game number three tonight in Philadelphia. Lance McCullers taking the mound for the Astros tonight against Noah Syndergaard for the Phillies. So we'll talk that today. Football, NFL week number seven. We'll dive into that as well, too. And the Raiders embarrassing, just downright awful performance yesterday in New Orleans. We'll get to that today. Guest today, Matt Holt will join us next hour. Our good friend from U.S. Integrity talking about betting on both sides of the counter, as well as Chuck Esposito over at Red Rock. So he will join us next hour. But in hour number one, a lot of World Series talk, a lot of NFL talk, and we dive into that with you today. And we've got plenty of sound, and we've got audio for you as well, too, as we talk about the Raiders. You'll hear from Josh McDaniel, the head coach, the Raiders quarterback Derek Carr as well, too. And uh, you're going to hear some excuses, but then you'll hear both these guys owning up to what happened yesterday in New Orleans. So uh, we will dive into that. And uh, if you got thoughts, of course, we will hear from you today on anything. World Series, Raiders, NFL, whatever is on your mind, uh, sound off today at 702-221-7283. First time callers love to hear from you. 702 702- 221-7283, your thoughts on the World Series where we stand now or NFL Week 7 and specifically the Raiders. And I kind of forgot that today is Halloween. Yes, it is. Now, you're going to ask me, well, how did I forget? Been a little busy, and someone said to me, because I have my orange Astros shirt on today as I did my MLB show this morning, and via YouTube that we do on BetUS TV. And I said, uh, I'm not wearing this for Halloween. I'm wearing this. This, this is the Astros. Yeah. This, this, there's a World Series going on. So as many people know, I take a little different approach than probably most people. I walk in our building today, and the lovely Michelle wants to scare the bejeebers out of me because she's dressed in some goofball costume, looking like some skeleton or something like that. You know, people are walking around. Uh, in the middle of the street, you know, it's like not even nighttime yet, and, and, and people are all dressed up. So 
I'm in Houston yesterday, right? And so game one Friday, game two Saturday, and then yesterday was an off day. So I'm going like, okay, this is great. My flight doesn't go back until to, to the evening. So I, And I did this before last year where I can just kind of kick back, watch football, go to a sports bar, and all this stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, went to Biggio's. Biggio's, you know, Craig Biggio, the former second baseman for the Astros, got a great sports bar, got a chance to watch a lot of the football games yesterday. That, so that was great. But across the street from Biggio's, there's this park. It's uh, uh, like Discovery on the Green type of thing. And so I hear this, this noise, and I'm going like, what is going on outside there? And so they have like a little small amphitheater out there. This place is packed, just jam-packed. And they're showing a movie on the screen. So I said, I got to walk over there, you know, because a lot of the football games, they were blowouts. I said, let me go get some fresh air, get a little sunshine. So I walk across the street, and I really love this park. It's kind of in the downtown district. It's really cool. Some good restaurants. You know, they got some food trucks out there. They got the grass area where you can, you know, watch concerts and do that sort of thing. And they got, you know, big screen TV screen up there. And all these families are there. And they got their kids. And it's some animated movie that they're showing. And I'm going, so, of course, not being the big animation movie guy, I asked these two ladies and I said, what's... What's going on here? What are they watching? They go, I can, you, want, you want to take a guess? I bet you I can you want, guess it. Okay, go ahead. It's, the, you, night, it's the Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas. Give yourself a buzzer on that one. Coralie? <laughs> I don't know. I never saw this movie, but apparently it has something to do with, I don't know if it has something to do with Halloween, but it's Coco. Are you familiar with Coco? Yes, I am. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, no, way you say that. Was, uh, what is the Coco story? Is there a story with Coco? Because I don't know what Coco is. Now, again, maybe if my daughter was younger, maybe I would know that. It's I don't know. What, what's Coco? Who's I haven't Coco? seen it, but I've heard it's like, you know, it's got like a bunch of sh- like a, what is it? Sugar Skulls? The, oh, like, okay. Like the guys, okay. The, the guys and girls all okay. dressed up in right. like Day of the Dead right. type stuff. So. There you go. There, there, so, so there it is. So- being the good Catholic boy that I am, I did go to church yesterday, and they talked about the Day of the Dead. Of course, we we have you know, you know, All Souls Day, you know, coming up, everything, right? And of course, Halloween, and you know, I'm just not a big Halloween guy. I'm not much for dressing up. I'm not much for the the trick or treat and the candy. And I'll get to that in a minute. So anyway, walk cross street. And go. So what's going on? They go. Well, this is. Day of the Dead. And all these people are walking around looking like zombies, this and that. And it was predominantly, you know, Hispanic population. And I said, oh, no wonder I'm the only gringo here. And they kind of laughed. And they thought that was kind of funny. But all these people were watching this movie. And then the mariachi band was going to be coming on and other things of that nature. And, yeah, so so what? Day of the Dead, right? So I had a flashback. <laughs> Knowing me and my twisted mind, right? Did you ever see the movie Quick Change? It's a classic. Bill Murray, all right, bank robber, dresses up as a clown in New York City, robs the bank, all right, Gina Davis, not not sitting behind home plate in a league of their own, but no, Gina Davis, outstanding, and then the goofball that played Bill Murray's partner, Randy Quaid, was it Randy Quaid? I think it was. Yeah, yeah, there is. All right. So they're trying to escape. Jason Robards is the cop. 
And it's one of those goofy movies that I love because it's Bill Murray in his heyday. And you kind of root for these guys to rob the bank and get away with it, even though you're not supposed to. And as they're trying to make their way to catch a flight at JFK in New York City, they're going through and they're having all kinds of problems. And they, they, you know, just, you know, cops are after them and everything of that nature. And they're going through this old neighborhood. And this lady starts shouting out, Los Hostornos, or whatever it is, whatever. And then Bill Murray and, and, and Randy Creer go, what is that? Hostornos, what is that? Gina Davis, being the smart one, she goes, it means Day of the Dead. And there is this scene where they're on two guys are on bicycles, and they got little jousting knives, and they go at it, and they're, they're trying to kill each other. It's like day of the dead. So, of course, what do I do? I blurt out in the middle of this Discovery Green yesterday, Los Hostados! You know, this, and people are looking at me like, what the? And I'm going, oh, quick change! I'm going, quick change the movie! Oh. They looked at me like I had three heads. Quick yeah. change! Who has not seen quick change? And they're going, shh, 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 Coco, Coco! Quick change from the 90. Yeah. 1990. Oh, awesome movie. I guarantee you. That's the only reason I would even know anything about Day of the Dead. Five from people. From that movie. Five people at that place watching Coco <laughs> knew what you were talking about. I'd say probably under five, too. There were hundreds of these people. So I left. I went back and saw the second half of the Niners destroy the Rams instead. Great game. Yeah. No, no, no. Some of us, it wasn't a great game. Anyway, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know why I said that. Oh, so anyway, Halloween. Halloween yeah. yeah, back to Halloween. So I'm in a quandary. I am in a big-time quandary here. Because those that know, what do I do in Halloween? And we talked about it before. I escape. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not answering the door. Okay? Daughter's grown up, not doing that. Oh, by the way, there's this thing called... The World Series is going on. Game three. So usually I escape, but I don't want to escape tonight. Because if I escape and I go to a sports bar, I don't want to be with a bunch of ham and eggers watching the game. And I know what I'm going to get at sports bars around town. What am I going to get? Monday night football. Yep. All right. I got orange and orange going, right? I got more orange. Here we go. Bengals and Browns. I don't want to see that garbage. I don't want to, you know, have the sound on to that. No, this is World Series. So if you're a sports bar owner, what are you doing? Sports book operators, what are you doing? You putting the sound on the World Series or Bengals Browns? It's kind of a no-brainer. Chuck Esposito will join us next hour. We'll ask him. Isn't it a no-brainer what you put on? Game three, the World Series. Not this mediocre Monday night football. Not that. But anyway... So I don't want to have to deal with that. I don't want to deal with anything. So usually I escape while the sun is still going out, and then boom, and I usually go to a movie. Okay, but obviously I'm not doing that. This is World Series. You should see if Brendan will uh, play game three for you <laughs> on your own personal the screen. I should, right? You should be, be like, a, hey. Hey, you didn't sell any tickets for this, this crumb bum movie night in theater six. Nobody's watching movies at the theaters anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. I love them. I'm, I'm sure they're going to, our proud sponsors are going to want to hear that. That's nice. No, but uh, I mean, like, it's yeah. a serious thing. I know. Like, I know. It, yeah. They're all. Hey, how, hey, how good would that be if I'm in that recliner and get my hot, fresh popcorn and my Pepsi? You can have popcorn and, and, and Pepsi. And, and with and, the surrounds and with the, the THX sound or whatever, yeah. Dolby sound. Oh, that'd be beautiful. Why didn't you remind me about this earlier? 
Get a contact. You can call him right now. And I, yeah, I'm going to get a recording of that. <laughs> I'm a little busy right now. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so I, I'm in a quandary. So I thought, okay, two things I could do. A, first of all, people don't know this, but my light bulb burned down on my front porch. Nice. So I so you know how usually you're supposed to like turn off the light. It, you know I don't have a light right now. So they so shouldn't come up. They shouldn't anyway. come up, right? But here's the problem: I got these ham and eggers next door that are are like the Los Hortados people of of the neighborhood, right? They got everything decorated. They got speakers outside. They got the ghosts and they got the goblins. Oh, they're already playing this this afternoon. You know, so they're going to draw attention, right? You know, they got the whole, you know, skeletons on the driveway because they got young kids. And I'm going, they're going to draw people, you know, to me. I love it. Like when like six people would come, you know, I mean, come on. So one of two options. First of all, the light's not working. So maybe they'll just bypass me. I hope that. Or I put the note on the door that says, and I've, I've been guilty of done this before. Uh, Take one. Disabled person oh. inside, please don't ring bell. Right? But I think what I'm going to do, or just put sign on the door that says, World Series, get I, out. No. World, Go away. World Series, have a lot of money on it, <laughs> get out of here. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I'd, be, I'd probably need two posters for that. Yeah. But I was thinking about that. But if it's going to be dark and I don't have and my lights blown out, right? They're going to be able to read it anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, so wait now is so your I don't room, know what to do. Like, is the TV right by like the front door? No, no, it's no. So the like, you, yeah. So you could technically just ignore everything. I could, but you know, what if people? You know, I don't care. But you know, you know me because I crank it up. You know, I got my speakers going. Exactly. It's like so a, it doesn't matter. Hey, you just can't hear them. Sorry. Yeah. And I don't want to have to barricade myself upstairs. Yeah. You know, to one of my TVs up there. I don't want to do that. I want. I want. I want my recliner. I want the man cave. I want, I want the want, man cave. Right. Exactly. exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I don't know. What are you doing? Should I come over to your place? No. Oh, you don't have a TV. I forgot. <laughs> Two eighty inches. So shut the hell up. <laughs> Two. What's going to be on those two tonight? Be honest. Be honest. One will have game three. Okay. And one will have whatever else. Food Network or some, something for some the missus? Yeah. Some BS. All right. Am I welcome to come over? No. Uh, I think so. <laughs> what did I ever do to you? I Nothing. mean, come on. There you go. That's so, All right. any good travel stories? Oh, oh God. And any Corpus Crispy? Oh, God. Yes, yeah, you guys heard about that, didn't you? Uh, did did the listeners know what happened with this? No. Oh, okay. So it's just that inside between all of us. Breaking news, I guess. Uh, all right. First of all, I want to thank uh, Marco D'Angelo, the G-Man, uh, for hunkering down at the Westgate with our good friends, John Murray, Jay Cornegay over there. And, of course, we'll guess Numchuck will give you some credit as well, too, being back in the studio. So, yes, um, I could not join the show on Friday because I was traveling. Leave Las Vegas at 10 a.m. Now, you would think at 10 a.m. I was supposed to land at 3.15. Remember, game time in Houston, game one, World Series. 7.03, central time, first pitch, 5.03 here. I land at 3.15. think I got plenty of time, right? No problem. Last time, remember, I took that 6 a.m. flight. I didn't want to get up that early. And 
I said, no, nah, let me sleep in a couple extra hours. I'll get there at 3. I really rarely had any plane problems. Sure enough, must have jinxed it. It starts in Las Vegas. So board the plane on time. Get on the plane. They say, uh, please make sure that you don't have more luggage than needed because it's a 100% full flight. So like 128 seats in the plane, 128 passengers. No empty seats. I'm okay because I got on first. Got my front row, so I'm good, right? So I know people are going to have to sit next to me. Okay, I'm okay with that. That's fine. So we haven't gone anywhere yet. And now we're delayed like 25, 30 minutes. There's 129 people on the plane. One person doesn't have a seat. They can't figure it out. So they get up the manifest. Here comes the papers. They're flipping through, left and right. Uh... Let's see. Oh, there were some people that were coming in from Burbank. There's like 17 of those people. Uh, Is somebody on the wrong flight? Well, someone had to be because unless you oversold. Now, here's the thing. You know how you got to go through the boarding process and you get beep, beep, you know, with the boarding pass, all that stuff, right? Beep, beep, no problem, right? Somebody's on the plane. It's not supposed to be there. So the flight attendant says, excuse me, is check your boarding pass. Are you on the right flight? Are you going to the right airport? We're going to Houston. But as we did in coming to America, aha, aha. There's two airports in Houston. There's Houston Hobby, Houston Bush. Please check. Going through the manifest. Here we go again, over and over. Now she wants to do a roll call. Roll call! We're going to be late. Luckily, I don't have a connecting flight. Going straight through, but, you know, come on. I want to get there early. I want to get there on time. All right. Finally, this lady raises her hand slowly but surely. Two rows behind me. Uh, barely speaks in English. Raise your hand if you think you might be on the wrong flight. Wrong flight. Look at her boarding pass. Houston Bush. Right. Other person comes in. Jeremy Pena lookalike comes and sits down. She gets off. Finally, we're going to leave a half hour late. Right? Okay. Rolling along. Making up the time. Two hours and 28 minutes to Houston, right? Beautiful. Not watching any movie this time because don't want that garbage. Got some peanuts going, drinking, resting. Oh, by the way, my my headphones, not working. My headphones are working, but my music wasn't working, so no music. It's one of those days, buddy. Ten minutes before, we get that bing, go off, right? Here's the pilot. Uh, Attention, ladies and gentlemen. Bad news. Uh, Weather has forced us to divert our flight to Corpus Christi. Here's me. What the? Corpus Christi? Where is Corpus Christi? Where is that? I don't know. Um, so they uh, say we got to divert because of weather. Raining all day in Houston. Airport closed. So I asked the flight attendant, 
she acts like I should know all this stuff. I said, what does this mean? This means we have to divert and we have to go wait in Corpus Christi. And the pilot says, we're going to uh, refuel while we're in Corpus Christi. Great. How long are we going to be in Corpus Christi? Uh, until Houston gives us the A-OK to fly. How long is this going to be? Uh, it could be a half hour. could be 45 minutes. Uh, we, we don't know. As lady says, it's weather. And see, they want to tell you it's weather. Because if it's mechanical, then I get the, aha, aha, you're going to give me a refund. But weather, no, act of God, weather, you're not entitled to a refund. No money back, no change, no, no free food at the airport. Nothing. I know this game. So they're very careful. Light bulb goes out. Aha! There it is. A bird flies in the cockpit. Aha! Breaks a propeller or whatever. Aha! You're paying Southwest. Propeller? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Engine, I don't Does know. Does this sound like a damn propeller? Uh, it, it, it sounds a lot like a very quiet plane, which wasn't my plane at this point in time. So anyway, we land in Corpus Christi. How long was I in Corpus Christi? I'm going to guess 35, 40 minutes. Keep going. Take the over. Uh, I'm going to take the over. Take the over. Two and a half. Two hours. Two hours. Now I have the whole plane now rooting for me to make first pitch, right? You're going to do it, buddy. You're going to get there. You're going to get there. And I never told anybody I was going to the World Series, but I don't know. I I guess I had it written on my face. I don't know. I have no idea. So anyway, this was coming from Las Vegas, by the way. So, two hours in Corpus Christi. Finally get out of there a little after five. A 32-minute flight or a three-and-a-half-hour drive. Oh, can't drive because we can't get off the plane. They won't let you off the plane. Finally, Houston. Houston has given us clearance. We'll now be taking off. Oh, a 32-minute flight. We may get to Houston about 6.15 p.m. Wait a minute. 32 minutes. It's 5 o'clock. Mr. Pilot, what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, everyone else is diverted, so uh, we're number 13 in line to lift off. <laughs> lift off. What am I, a rocket ship? <laughs> lift off, right? I don't. I've had it. I'm just letting you have I'm, I'm letting you go with this one. Unbelievable. This is what I got to deal with. Yeah. <sighs> so we land. Now, of course, the baggage is, is now backed up. So now I got to wait because the airport's been closed. 6.20, 6.30. Now I'm trying to time my lift. You know how that goes. You do the lift, and they're only going to wait five minutes. So what do I do? Mm. Finally get the bags at like 6.37, 6.38. I got a shot, right? I got a shot. My lift driver has now been there for five, ten minutes, and I run outside, and, and so I call him on the phone, right? Hello. I said, can you, and his name, his name was Ariel. First of all, I didn't know it was a guy or a girl because it said Ariel. I thought it was, you know, again, in, in another animation movie, you know, which one was that? Ariel. That's uh, Onda Dusty with Little, yeah, little Mermaid. Yeah, Little Mermaid. Thing. Look at you. You don't have any daughters. I didn't know that. So anyway, I called the guy on the phone. I said, yes, I'm at baggage claim. I'm stuck. Can you please wait for me? Please wait. Hello? Ariel, are you there? Yeah, Ariel, I hear. Ariel. Baggage claim. Can you please wait? 
No English. No English. Oh, jeez. So I'm just praying that Ariel, I go, stay. Please stay. I'm running like a madman, out of my bags, pushing people away, going down, and luckily at Hobby, it's a very short little jog to there. There he is, Ariel, waiting for me. There he is. Got a Team Cuba jersey on. Obviously, Ariel's from Cuba. Start talking, and he is like on the phone talking to his buddy who's driving Uber. Like, I'm Ariel, get to Minute Maid Park. You know, uh, I'll forego the hotel, like to go to the hotel, drop my stuff off, cross street, boom, no problem. He's like stopping at every stoplight. I go, Ariel, we got to go. We got to go. So then he goes, I go, baseball. I go, oh, baseball. And I go, yeah, got to get to the game. Oh, baseball. Yeah. I go, tonight. He goes, tonight? He, he didn't, I think he knew that there was a game tonight. And he's talking to his buddy who's doing Uber, some other like, and he keeps going, point, point to the screen, my friend, my friend. I don't care about your friend. I said, come on, Yuli. And he goes, Yuli. Yuli Guriel, right? Cuba. I go, yeah, Yuli. I got to go see Yuli. Oh, Yuli, Yuli. All of a sudden, he put the pedal to the metal, and all of a sudden, we, we started making some pretty good time over to Minute Maid Park. Drop the bags off, tell the hotel. I'll check in afterwards, give my room key, boom, gone. I get to the hotel, 6.56. Sprinting over. Get in the door. Do not get my customary towel because they're all sold out at this point in time. No problem. I run to my seat, get in. Verlander just completing his eighth warm-up pitch. Play ball. I made it. That's my travel story. Here's the kicker. What does the flight attendant say when we're landing in Houston? Yeah, if it wasn't for that 25-minute delay with that lady, we would have beat the weather. Just what I want to hear. Thank you very much, two and a half hours. I was on a plane for six hours. By the time I boarded in Vegas, getting off, six hours for a two-hour and 20-minute flight. Not happy. Astros jump out to a 5 nothing lead. High fives aplenty. All good. What's happening? Verlander blows up. After retiring the first nine guys, no problem. Philly comes back. Extra innings. Garcia comes in. 3-2 pitch. High fastball away. Real Amuto gone. Right field. Astros threaten the bottom of the 10th. Exciting game. Philly wins 6-5. Who do I blame on this one? Airlines, people who don't know how to read their own boarding pass. You're going to blame her. That's who you're going to blame. I should. I should. So. Hey, I'll give Yuli credit, or Ariel. I'll give Ariel credit. He, uh, he is now Yuli. Yeah, I gave him a nice tip, too. <laughs> nice tip. How can you not know the World Series is going on? And that's what, another thing I was afraid of. I go, oh, my, I'm going to pay an arm and a leg. Here it is, 6 o'clock, hour before World Series, first pitch. Wasn't too bad. Yeah, you want you asked for a travel story. You got a travel story. So, did anything fun happen on the way back yesterday? Fun back, fun back. I had a couple great drivers. I okay. got there early, record time. Again, got kicked back, eat some great food, and which I'm sure no, I meant like pictures. from the airport but to smooth sailing, smooth. Okay, yeah, and then none, none of this, none of that happened. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, 
No, nah, nothing major. Nothing major. But but the two people sitting next to me, uh, they were trying to get a date the whole time, and they were getting hammered. They kept having drinks and drinks and drinks, and I, I think they hooked up later that night, and they were just oh, snocking. I'm low-key. Yeah. Hey, yeah. bro. So that wasn't that wasn't uh, Yeah. I did get this, though. Well, I was at Biggio's Bar when I went outside before I, I went over to Los Hurtados or whatever. I got this uh, this this lady who just looked like she woke up, and she looked at me, she goes, Hey! You going to Philadelphia? I go, no, I'm not. I go, why are you? She goes, yeah, damn right I'm going. She goes, I just woke up. I've been partying all night. She's in her pajamas. This one was trashed. Smoking her cigarette. Talking about going to Philadelphia. Oh, it gets better, right? Starts telling me about her evening, which I don't want to hear about her evening, right? She's talking about going to Philadelphia with her two friends. Who have fake boobs. Yeah. I don't have fake boobs. I got saggy boobs. I'm 47. And I wanted to say, you look 67. She had a lot of mileage on her. She wanted to sit there and tell me about her night, her being in her pajamas, being drunk, and not wanting to go to Philly with her friends who had who had fake boobs when she wanted fake boobs and started to tell me that she was going to get some fake boobs. I said, I'm going across the street. <laughs> How this segment got here, I have no idea. That was not my intention today. I was going to talk about games one and two, what happened on the field. But, Numchuck, you divert me in a really bad direction. Because you told me to ask you about this story today. I said that? Yeah. Maybe I was. No, I don't, I don't drink, so. I was going to say. Whew. All right. Yes, the food was good. The games were good. World Series, excitement, electric, outstanding. No question. Astros win game two, 5-2. Valdez was nailed. Six and a third, one run, four hits, nine strikeouts. Here's what I don't get. Rob Thompson, the Phillies manager, he's messing with his game two lineup. Made no sense to me. So he starts Matt Verlin in center field. For Marsh, who started in game one, Marsh came over from from the Angels. Basically, he's his starting center fielder. Then our good friend, Bryson Stott, who's been fantastic, he didn't he didn't start yesterday. Like, are you kidding me? I looked at the lineup, I said, Oh man, this is this is gonna be great for the Astros. Edmundo Sosa starts at shortstop. Stott's on the bench. So then he brings both of these guys in later in the game. Has them each pinch hit, one in the seventh, one in the eighth, and then they play the rest of the game. Uh, each of, uh, of Verlene and Sosa went over. Sosa had the error, which led to the uh, third Astros run. And then you bring in Bryce and Stott and, and then Marsh. So I just don't understand why you would not want to go with the guys that got you there. You're up one game to, to none. These guys played great in game one. We're talking about Stott and Marsh. And then you're going like, what, lefty, righty? You're going to that nonsense? No, you go with what got you there. These guys were terrible. But then again, I don't understand what, what Rob Thompson is doing, and that's good if you got the Astros, okay? So the Astros lit up their one and two starters, Aaron Nolan, and Zach Wheeler. Astros jump out to 5 nothing leads in both games. They got 17 hits in the first two games. You got game three tonight, McCullers and Syndergaard, and now if you're Rob Thompson, what are you going to do? 
Oh, my goodness. Game three. Uh, Syndergaard, Ranger Suarez, garbage and garbage. And for those who haven't followed baseball in the last couple of years, Noah Syndergaard is garbage. He was great with the Mets. They got rid of him. He goes to the Angels. They pay him a ton of money, and he's horrible. They get rid of him. Philly picks him up. And now the guy is part-time reliever, part-time starter. Just amazing. So, yeah, this is what you got. You got Syndergaard and Suarez to be your guys for three and four. And if you're the Astros, you got to be licking your chops and be very, very happy. So, game three tonight. However, I said this last week, when you go to Philly, go to the East Coast, what could happen? Rain. <sighs> Forecasters are saying that the weather tonight in Philadelphia calls for rain this evening. Um, they're reevaluating right now. It could be delayed. Earlier today, he said 40% chance. So we'll keep you with updates of that. The next meeting, and I, I've been through these meetings before. When I was back there for the World Series uh, in Washington in the playoffs, and Major League Baseball holds these like, okay, we're going to give you this update, and they, they come in the press conference room and tell you what's going on. So when's the next update? Next update is going to be around – uh, 345 our time, right? So 645 Eastern with an update. But does that complicate or help me out with Halloween if I get a rain delay here? What do you think? It depends how late the rain delay goes. If it's if the game is delayed till they don't start it till, I mean, at yeah. some point they're going to. I don't know if that it. helps me or not. But yeah. I mean, if it's. A 15-minute, it's not going to do anything. Man. If it's an hour, it's going to yeah. hurt you. So we don't know. We don't know. I, I, I still have to hunker down or escape. I'll make up my mind here in the next hour and a half. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so great time at the World Series. Always fun. Uh, if you follow any of the social media, whether it was uh, Facebook or Twitter, uh, you saw the pics. Uh, uh, it was great to see Joe Torre there. Uh, Joe, Of course, Joe Torre, uh, you know, if Joe Torre wasn't so old, I, I believe he'd be the next Major League Baseball commissioner. I really do. But it was great seeing Joe Torre there, um, getting a chance to talk with him a little bit. And, and of course, a uh, great time had by all uh, Dusty and uh, Mattress Mac. Uh, Mattress Mac was sweating bullets, was all set to go to dinner after game one. He was going, yep, we're going to dinner. Because remember, Mac will not go to dinner unless the Astros win. And sure enough, eighth, ninth inning, uh, I said dinner could be a, in question here. And sure enough, I, I so I text Mac after the game. I go, Mac, I still got to eat, man, because you know we're sitting in different sections. He goes, not today. <laughs> so then I see. So I wait till the next day. I said, okay, Mac. Hey, so I go see him in his seat. We're going to, going to dinner, right? He goes, yes, we are, and we're going to win tonight. Dinner was never in question, except. Dinner had to be delayed over an hour because it took Mac that long to get from his seat to out of the ballpark, across the street to our restaurant again, because the guy's a celebrity, a legend, like you I've sent, said you a hundred times. You sent me that video. I was like, oh, my God. You saw it. Yeah. I, I, I decided to snap some video. Yeah, you should, you should so honestly people post could, that on Twitter. I should, huh? And have fun with, you know, because that's just... So people really get an idea. Yeah. And people are walking up going... He's a legend. He's a legend. That's Mattress Mac. That's Mac. People from Philadelphia were getting their pictures taken with the guy. All right, I feel bad for the guy. 79 years old, and he's, and he's got to go through that, and he never says no. Just like 
when we had him on yep. last week, and I said, Matt, you never say no. So after we're all done with this, so I just kind of, you know, I kind of go, hey, I said, you got a dinner to get to. So I got to pull him out, and he goes, oh, let me keep going, let me keep going. So finally, people are, are, are done, and he goes, hi, I like my people. <laughs> Love your people, Mac. Outstanding. Madras Mac's in Philly right now, yeah. So he got on the plane earlier today, and uh, so he, he he's in Philly right now. Might need some bodyguards there, but he's beloved no matter where he goes. Looks like he has some bodyguards from the video that I'm looking at. The, well, let me see. Who, I'll tell you who they are. Yeah, those those aren't his bodyguards. Those are just uh, workers uh, that uh, that work with him. And uh, so the one guy, yeah, he he comes with him. And um, yeah, so guess why Mac is there? Because there's a chance for seventy five million dollars. You would think, right? Mac has an all-expense-paid trip like he needs it. Yes. Somebody is footing his bill to Philly. Guess who? Is it them? Barstool. Oh, yeah. Barstool. Yeah. Yeah. So they want to kind of chronicle his journey. And so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So a couple guys came to dinner with us the other night from Bleacher Report because they're chronicling his journey. So it's ESP, everybody. So then, yeah, so he's got the Barstool guys. There. And you showed me video from, from the night I was there. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm over to the left, and yeah, yeah. someone else you know is orchestrating that, uh, taking pictures. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Saying, okay, move it along, move it along. But fun time of the World Series, as always. Will there be a game six and seven back in Houston? Don't know. We'll make that decision. Are you hoping? Or like, honestly? Honestly, no. I want it to do over with. I, I want him to cash his money. I want to cash my money. I, I'm fine. I've, I made enough trips to Houston. I'll be fine going back if I go 6-7. and seven. But I, I'd love to have the Yankee Stadium scenario clinch yeah. on the road. Just get it over with. You know? Would it be fun? Yeah, it'd be fun. But I'll take either way. All right, we come back. We got Raiders to talk about. We got sound from Derek Carr. Also, Josh McDaniel, you heard the excuses. We'll talk NFL Week 7 and more on this, is it manic or magnificent Monday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. This is boxing referee Kenny Bayless, and what I say you must obey. So be sure to catch up with the broadcast at tcmartinshow.com. We get ready for game number three of the World Series tonight, Phillies and the Astros. But let's talk a little football th- uh, this segment, and let's talk about what took place yesterday in New Orleans at the Caesars Superdome. Just downright awful performance by the Raiders yesterday as the Raiders get humiliated by the Saints. And that's not taking a jab at the Raiders. That's not an understatement. That's exactly what happened yesterday. Saints beat the Raiders 24-0. They were listless, deflated, they were humiliated. Just a downright embarrassing loss by the Raiders, who get zero, get absolutely nothing yesterday. 24-0. I did not get a chance to see this game because, A, I was traveling, traveling, sleeping in, and making sure that 
I could watch some football, mostly the afternoon games, stuff like that, get hunkered down. But yeah, I miss I miss this game. It was insane. And um, and I was in church yesterday too. Yes. By the way. There you go. Getting so, getting text messages from sex. Yeah, I did. I did during church, and I'm not sure if I should tell you about. Should we tell people about that? I mean, maybe later. It is Halloween. It is Halloween. Remind me about that. So I didn't see any of this game yesterday. But going back, looking at the highlights, talking to people that were there, downright embarrassing. Now, you're the Raiders. You're coming off the win last week here at Allegiant Stadium against Houston. All right? First half, you look kind of shaky. Game was 10-10 at halftime. Remember that game last Sunday? Second half looked great. Moving the ball, you blow out the Texans, and then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, Raiders are back, everything's good. Because remember, the week before, they had the bye. Before that, they had a pretty, you know, fairly tough schedule, losing close games you know, to Kansas City and, and other teams. So you got to be ready for this. So now you're going to New Orleans. The Raiders had planned already that they are, did not want to go back and forth with the travel. I think we touched upon this last week. So the Raiders were packing up, and they were leaving like on Thursday to go to New Orleans. And what they're going to do is practice there and then stay in Sarasota, Florida, so they didn't have to fly back because they got Jacksonville the following week. So basically the Raiders were treating this as a vacation. They were packing up for 11 days. They were on vacation, all right. That's exactly how they played yesterday. They were drilled by the Saints, and it wasn't even close. You're facing a Saints team who came in here with a 2-5 and record. Their last in turnover margin at minus 10. That's hard to do after seven games. Minus 10. Horrendous. Your starting quarterback is Andy Dalton, because Jameis Winston is still not 100%. Andy Dalton was phenomenal. Was Dalton like 20 for 26, 229 yards. Alvin Kamara got his first three touchdowns of the year. He was fantastic. And on the flip side, Derek Carr. Carr is 15 for 26, only 101 yards. 101 passing yards. Completes 15 passes. Completed one to Devontae Adams. One interception. Raiders were sacked four times. Raiders had 38 yards rushing. 38. Now this comes on the heels of the Raiders rushing in the last three games. Remember, 155, 164, and 212 in the last three games. 38 on Sunday. The Raiders had a total, a grand total of only 183 yards in the game yesterday. It was downright embarrassing. You can't sugarcoat it. It was bad football. And when you get shut out by the Saints, this is not the Saints that we've seen from years past. This is a Saints team that's been decimated by injuries. Alvin Kamar hasn't scored a touchdown until yesterday. Unbelievable. Andy Dalton's your starting quarterback. Stinks. And the Raiders have continued to, to, to make average quarterbacks look awesome. 
Just an embarrassing performance by the Raiders in this game. And now you got to go to Jacksonville. And you expect to beat them. But the Raiders clearly were looking past the Saints. And when you're the Raiders, you have no business to look past any team. And you better not be looking past Jacksonville. So the excuses came out yesterday. Of course, they're going to praise the Saints, like we always hear when you lose a game. Uh, They're great. They're strong. Well, Dennis Allen really wanted this game, and Alvin Kamara wanted this game. Dennis Allen was the Raiders coach, if you remember, the Oakland Raiders coach from 2012-2014. It was his first head coaching job. All right? So he wanted to get back at the organization that fired him. Alvin Kamara was very vocal about this leading up to this game, saying, hey, we want to whoop those Raiders for Coach Allen. And Coach Allen, make no bones about it, he wanted to win this game. He had his team ready. Josh McDaniels did not. Here's Josh McDaniels talking about the game yesterday and putting the blame on himself. Obviously, that wasn't good enough in any way, shape, or form. Um, And that's my responsibility. So um, I have to do a much better job of getting ourselves ready to go here. Um, that's, that's, we're better than that. And, uh, you know, I apologize to Raider Nation for, for that performance. And, uh, again, I own that. Uh, that's, that's my responsibility. So we have to do much better, obviously, uh, in, in every phase of the game, uh, to be able to compete with a team like that who's well coached, has good players. Uh, they obviously came ready to play and, um, and did a much better job than we did. So it starts with me. And, uh, we're going to work hard and we're going to fix it. Appreciate you know him saying it's on me, but fans don't care about that. Again, you know what fans are thinking right now? Hey, did we get the right guy here coaching this team? Because look at the Raiders' hires. Aside from John Gruden, I mean, you got a lot of retreads. Or you got guys with no experience. Josh McDaniels looking like a guy that like the coach in Denver. Underperforming again. Here's McDaniel talking more about and people want to frankly know, how could this happen? We're gonna we're gonna have to figure that out. Um, obviously, uh, there's no shortcut to that. Um, you know, uh, we we we've performed and played much better than this. We've coached better than this. Um, and you know, they when we when we play a game like this backwards on the road against a good team in a hostile environment, it's difficult. You make things difficult on yourself. So, uh, didn't get off to a good start. Um, you know, and and again, they they did and. Credit to them. They uh, Dennis did a great job with his team today, and like I said, I got to do better. Yeah, got to do better. I mean, the Raiders were just non-existent in so many categories. Got outplayed on both sides of the ball. The big question is, how do you fix this? I don't think there's any uh, big speech to give. Um, look, the season's still uh, again. There's a lot of football still left to be played and coached. Um, we have to. We have to work. Uh, the only way to fix things that aren't that aren't being done well, uh, only way to win when you're not winning consistently, is to put work in and, and try to improve. Um, clearly, we need to improve in all three phases. Um, that's our job. That's my responsibility. And like I said, that's what we're going to have to do, and that's what we will do. All right, we will uh, see. Like you said, taking the onus on himself. But bottom line is. Uh, the Raiders just totally looked discombobulated. So many things went wrong. I would say there was probably a, a litany of things. Um, you know, I, I think the penalty situation. You know, obviously we've we've tried to steer clear of that uh, this year, and 
you know, that didn't really help us falling behind the sticks. You know, I'd say half the drives, it felt like we were trying to dig out of first and 20 or second and long. Um, you know, they, they mixed their coverages up pretty well. Uh, they got some pressure on our passer. Uh, so I think, you know, until I see everything, you know, in the film, it'd be hard to pinpoint one area. But when you pass the ball well, it's usually a function of a lot of people doing their jobs right. And uh, when when you don't, it doesn't take many things to go wrong to, to hurt that. So uh, we're going to need to uh, protect well, read the coverage right, run good routes, finish throws and catches. I mean, that's what it takes against a good defense. And, and they challenged us today. Uh, they, they played some tight coverage. It wasn't all just, you know, zone or cover two or anything like that. They mixed it up pretty well on us. Um, and, and the most important thing they had was control of the game. They got control of the game, and when you get control of the game, uh, then you can pretty much call whatever you want on your side, and and the other side is kind of you know uh, you're you're defending a lot of different things, and that's what it felt like we were doing today. All right, there's the head coach Josh McDaniel talking about what went wrong yesterday in New Orleans. Derek Carr, the quarterback, wasn't real happy with the outcome, and obviously his play suffered yesterday, as uh, according to Derek Carr, he said the Saints were ready, the Raiders weren't. When you come out, you know, against a good defense, against a good team, um, you have to be ready to play. And uh, you know, it starts starts in the week of practice. It starts in, and you know, when you show up to the to the field, um, I've played these guys a couple times. I've played this game a lot. Obviously, um, they're they've been good. They stopped some of the best offenses in in football, and they've had times where they've up and down, all this kind of stuff. But you know. We saw the best version of it today. We we actually we felt that that was going to happen, and so you know you got a, the mindset to come in and be ready for you know the the physicality, the violent you know game that they want to play, and you know certain things. We you know uh, I thought that they were um, you know came out with more of that than we did as players. All right, uh, Derek Carr talking about the game yesterday. Uh, not happy at all. Basically, one word could describe the Raiders' performance yesterday. That's just embarrassing. You know, we can't have that. You know, that, that's the, you know, that right there is embarrassing, and that should never happen, especially with the group of guys in that locker room. And, um, you know, it, it sucks that we went through it. It happened. They, you give them credit. Great defense, great scheme. The DA did a great job. Their players played hard. They did a great job. And so, you know, we got to take a look at ourselves, though, and really check and see how we want to go into this next game. Seems like a reoccurring theme, doesn't it? Derek Carr, after games, talking about, well, what went wrong, got to be better. But for him to come out and say it's embarrassing, hey, good for him, because that's exactly what it was. Another thing what it was, a total lack of urgency, according to Carr. I think urgency is the word. Urgency in the meetings, in the walkthrough, competitive. Um, you know, there's nothing, no one's going to give you anything in this league, you know, and I think that we as a whole, are learning that. We learned that today. Um, and you hope that, that that's the last time. You know, that's what you hope. That's on us 100%, Vic. Like, you know, if you look at somebody and see it, we got to say something, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, but I think it was more of an awakening that, you know, I thought we had a good week of practice, you know. But now you go back and look at it and be like, now you really look at it and be like, you know, was it as good as we thought it was? Did we come, you know, or was it just the mindset of waking up this morning and coming out to the game, you know? And, and we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll look at that. But it starts with us 100%. Um, we'll, we'll look at that and try and, as a whole, one thing I know about our team is that 
we've responded every time that there's been challenges. Every time that we've went through something, we respond the right way. We come to work the right way, and we have a great opportunity to be together all week, you know, uh, to do that. Um, not that you ever want to go through this, but if you have to, that go through something like this. Well, we're all together now, and so let's see what we can do this week. Raiders currently sit right now at 2-5. Two 2-5 and five. Two and five with a schedule ahead of them that is not too tough. Now you beat the Texans last week at home, but you lose to the Saints. And now you got to go to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. The Jaguars is a team that people thought that they would actually be better than they're playing this year. They went to England, so they're a little road-weary themselves, but they're coming back home. No real home field advantage there. But the Jaguars are a good defensive team and can be. Trevor Lawrence is improving. So, but it's a game that they should win. Then you got the Colts back at Allegiant Stadium the week after. Then you travel to Denver, and then you get Seattle. Now, Seattle all of a sudden is looking like a good team, but we know that Seattle's not very good. Then you get the Chargers. And again, everyone was kind of on the high horse last week saying, they could reel off five or six in a row. You scored zero against the Saints. Zero. And here we go with the ebbs and flows and the up-and-down nature of this franchise again. And it should teach Raider fans you should not anticipate anything except maybe anticipate the negative. It's sad to say, but very true. Raiders at 2-5. and five. Seven games into the season. You've won two. It's a nightmare right now. It's ugly. Can it get better? Sure. But you're giving away games that you should win. And here's the problem. Guys like Devonta Adams with one catch. Josh Jacobs, 43 yards, 10 carries. Carr, 101 yards. Those, those are terrible stats. Atrocious. And where is the mindset with this team right now? You know, Devonta Adams, I said before, he's not happy. He's not happy about any part of this season. He's not getting the ball. His team's not winning. He's used to winning. I mean, at least he looks over to Green Bay and says, well, they're not winning there either. Atrocious. Hour number two, Matt Holt, Chuck Esposito will join us. We talk a little behind the counter talk with those two gentlemen. We talk NFL Week 7 college football and talk a little World Series as well, too. Getting ready for Game 3 tonight on a Halloween edition of the T.C. Martin Show.